beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Exceptional Scrum Master Podcast. I remain your favorite online agile coach. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about what's in the backlog. Now, the product backlog is a very important artifact that every Scrum Master needs to know about. You need to understand what it is and what's inside the backlog. Now, let's get started with what is a product backlog? A product backlog is an ordered list that is emergent and it contains everything that we may need to complete and build out a product. So everything that we believe we might possibly need is what we're going to have in our product backlog. Now, this is an emergent list and it's usually an ordered list. Now, what is the word emergent? What that means is that you necessarily might not know everything you're going to need upfront, but along the line, you're going to build up and build up and build up. And that's what makes it emergent. So over time, you're going to populate your backlog with everything that might be needed in order for you to build a product and move it from an idea into a finished product. And that could be a product or a service. Now let's take this to real life terms, right? Let's imagine that you have a goal or you have a project and you probably want to travel right? So let's say you're located somewhere in the United States and you're trying to travel over to the United Kingdom. You're going to have to have a plan, right? You're going to have a checklist of all the things you're going to need to help you make your United Kingdom trip a successful one. And so you could easily consider that as a product backlog. So you're going to try to figure out where am I going to stay in the United Kingdom? You know, my trip, my ticket, what will I be doing while I'm there or whatever goal you may have to accomplish when you get there. So all of that checklist is what is considered as a product backlog. Now you're going to need to have actual things that you will be doing. Now those things are classified as a product backlog items. So every item which represents your checklist, like the fact that you have to buy yourself a travel ticket, the fact that you have to pay for your accommodation, all of those things are the task that you're required to do in order for you to make your trip to United Kingdom. So when you bring this back to, you know, the work world, The product backlog is that ordered list of all of the things I need to do to make my trip to the United Kingdom. So when it comes to your teams and your organizations, you will be assigned to a team and that team will be working on a product, building a service or whatever it is they might be doing. And they need a place, a single source of truth to store all of the requirements or all of the list or checklist of things that they need to do. And that is what we call a product backlog. Now, What is inside the product backlog? What makes up a product backlog? And basically it's the product backlog items. And this could range from user stories, bugs, spikes, epics, features, requirements, change requests, whatever it could be, will be found inside your product backlog. So as a Scrum Master, you need to understand that even though we always call all of these items user stories, these items represent different things and they achieve different things. So you need to step up your game. And even though everybody calls the user stories, you need to understand and be able to differentiate one from the other so that you can support your team and your product owner in order to manage that product backlog. So let's get started with a very popular one, a user story. I'm sure You probably know what a user story is, but basically a user story is a requirement that is told from the user's perspective, right? And when it comes to Agile, we try to be as close as possible to the customer so that we're able to build the right product. And so it was important for us to have a user story where we could get requirements from the user's perspective. What do you want us to accomplish? Why do you want this stuff? And what is the outcome? And so having a quick 
scribe of what a user wants is very important. And that's how, or rather what gave birth to a user story. So you're going to find a user story in the backlog and that represents requirements from the user's perspective. And usually a user story will probably have descriptions and acceptance criteria and everything that will help the team to better understand what it's needed to turn that idea into a finished product, right? Now, another thing that you will find in the backlog will be maybe bugs. Especially if you're working with technical teams, right? Or defects, right? So we build things and sometimes we don't build the absolute right things, right? Or we build things and they're not functioning the way we expect them to function. And so you're going to have teams create bugs to reflect that this is not a new functionality. This is like a fix to a current functionality or something is not working well. So I have to create a task that helps me remember that I need to fix something. And so that's what a bug or a defect represents. We also would have items that are called or classified as spikes. Now, spikes came from extreme programming, but yes, cut across so many teams and so many industries. And we basically have come to use spikes as a way to research a possible solution before we actually do the work. So let's assume that I'm trying to travel to New York, for example, and New York, getting to New York is very complicated. And I don't even know how to go about this trip. Many teams will create a spike so that I could research on, you know, everything about New York and try to find out a possible solution and determine the best part of action to take to get me to New York. So I could research, would it fa be faster for me to get to New York via an aircraft? Would it be faster to get there via, you know, a bus ticket? or whatever it is, right? Depending on what we're trying to achieve. And so a spike is just that opportunity for us to research and come up with a possible solution. So that way we know exactly what to do and we can estimate better for that story that probably talks about, you know, travel to New York. So you're going to find things like spikes. You're also going to find things like epics. So epics are really big user stories, okay? Remember that user story is reason from a customer's perspective. But another important attribute of a user story is the fact that that user story has to be small enough to fit within the cadence of a sprint. Now, an epic, you know, could fall across multiple sprints or even multiple weeks or whatever the case might be. But an epic refers to a very big story. So when we start thinking about a product and we start breaking down our product into smaller functionalities would usually have features represented as epics, right? Because let's assume that I'm trying to build a website. And so the first thing I like to do in a website is to build a homepage. The homepage is going to have lots of things. And so if I have an homepage as a story, I probably cannot finish that in a sprint. And so I'm going to have to further break it down into multiple sprints. And the reason why we would have a story or an item in the backlog that represents an epic. And that's really just a very big user story that the team is going to need to further break down into smaller stories that we can then, you know, fit into multiple springs to get that out of the way. Many times we'll also have this epics represented as features, which I just kind of explained where, you know, a feature represents like a functionality, a full functionality of, you know, what we're going to achieve within a specific period of time. And so we could have multiple features, which represents the different things that are the different attributes of the product that we're building. And so in the product backlog, you also find items that are represented as features.
now that you understand the several items that are in a backlog, it's important for you to understand how to grade each of those items so that you can better help your product owner to manage the backlog. Now, let's talk about the epic story and task relationship because these are things that you also find in the backlog. I just mentioned a few seconds ago that an epic is a very big user story. So you're going to need to break those down into smaller stories that you can then peek within a sprint and do those, right? So you're going to have epic as your very big story. And so after an epic, you're going to have a user story, which is a much smaller piece of functionality that is tied to the epic. Now, sometimes you're going to have teams who are going to further break down that user story into tasks. And, you know, many of the tools that we use today actually support that. And so there's a relationship between an epic, a user story, and a task. Now, it's important for you to understand this relationship so that you can also coach your team so that they understand how to break down work. Because one of the things that we find as a common problem with agile teams is the fact that many teams do not know how to estimate. And it stems from the fact that many teams do not even know how to break down their stories correctly. And so if you do not know how to break down your stories, the probability of you estimating even that story is very slim, which means that you're going to have lots of stories that you're likely not to complete. And then that rolls over. And before you know it, you're not really delivering value at the end of the spring. So understanding the relationship so that you're able to help and coach your teams and how to further break down their work is very important. Now, remember that I mentioned that the product backlog is an ordered list of items. It's also very important for you to note that at the top of the backlog, we want to ensure that at the top of the backlog, we have items that are better understood, items that have details, items that have acceptance criteria, and items that have possibly been estimated by the teams. So the items that we're going to work on in the nearest future as you know, as soon as maybe the next sprint or the next couple of sprints is what you want to have detailed at the top of your backlog. And as the, you know, as the backlog moves down, you probably would have more of the epics, things you haven't broken down, things that have less detail or haven't even been estimated. So it's important for you to understand the structure of a product backlog so that your product owner is able to structure ease or a backlog really well. Now, even though today's topic is about product backlog, there's something that is very important that I've noticed that many Scrum Masters don't even pay attention to. Now, the question is, where do you think this product backlog items actually come from? They come from somewhere. And usually, this backlog items should come from a roadmap. A roadmap shows you the path that this product is going to take towards completion. And once you're able to have a roadmap, it's so much easier for you to, be able to interpret that roadmap into a product backlog. And usually there's always this disconnect where many products don't have a roadmap. And so the product owner is just walking off of the backlog and just building things that he or she thinks we need without really collaborating with the, with the stakeholders. And so we run into building things that are not very important or we're building things that we don't need right now. So I'd like to encourage you today as a scrum master, ensure that your team and the product that you guys are working on has a roadmap. If you don't have a roadmap today, work with your product owner to create one. And it can be as easy as, you know, a roadmap for the next four months, for the next quarter, for the next six months, right? It could just be something that simple and we just need a path to completion. What do we need to do? 
What are the timelines we need to take into consideration? It's very useful for us to have a roadmap because it actually even helps the team to really plan ahead. And sometimes when we're working, certain stories, the team's knowing what is coming up next or able to even build their products or build, you know, their task in such a way that they take into consideration a couple of things that they will or might be doing in the future. And it reduces a lot of risk. It reduces a lot of waste and, you know, a lot of unnecessary things, basically. And so you want to ensure that your team has a product roadmap that they are working with because it then becomes easier for you to translate your roadmap into a backlog because all you have to do is figure out what is coming up next, what are the timelines and kind of create those and those become your epics in your tool and those could be represented as features and then, you know, the team can refine those and break those down into smaller chunks of and pieces of work and estimate those and that you can arrange those in your backlog. So I'm hoping that at the end of today, you now understand what a product backlog is, you understand what what is inside of the product backlog, what those different items represent. And basically you understand the workflow of how you need to have a roadmap first and then convert that roadmap into a product backlog. And even if your product or your team does not have a roadmap and they're already working off of a product backlog, it just takes time, you know, for you to sit down with a product owner and say, okay, based on where we are right now, can you create a roadmap that tells us where we're going and the timelines that we have to work with. And usually that would take a few, you know, a few minutes and your product owner will be able to come up with a roadmap then that you guys can kind of use as your source of truth. And, you know, roadmap will always change based on priorities from the stakeholders and changes in the market, but at least having a GPS of where we're going to is so much important, right? You can imagine if you're driving to somewhere, you have no clue where you're going to and you're just driving. More than half of the time, you're going to miss your way. You're going to get there later. You're going to waste your time, waste resources. It's the same. So when you have a roadmap, you know exactly where you're going. And then you're able to think of the fastest way to get there, reducing the waste and, you know, the time and the resources, you know, that the company might have otherwise wasted. So it's important for you to know what's in the backlog, understand how a backlog is built and be prepared and equipped to be able to support your team to have the perfect backlog. All right, guys, I hope today's episode was super useful to you guys. Thank you so much for always listening as usual. And do not forget that I have my coaching program kicking up in March. So if you're interested in, you know, a dedicated coaching where you want to understand more about the agile concepts, then you definitely want to sign up to my coaching program. It's a 10 week coaching program where we meet twice a week. It's kicking off in March. Also, if you want to learn how to facilitate Scrum events, have a recently completed workshop that is readily available for you to kind of click on the link and start watching. It's a six hour workshop where you're going to learn how to facilitate the Scrum event. So we took a deep dive into each of the events. We role played each of those events. And, you know, we had the Scrum master, the product owner, the team members. It was, it was a real project that we walked in. And so if you want to be able to experience that, you definitely want to click in the link in the description and you can access that workshop right away. Thank you guys so much. And I'll catch you in my next episode. Bye for now.